This is Positively Farming Media. Hello, my gardening friends, and welcome back to the Just Grow Something podcast. On Tuesday, we talked all about the benefits of composting with worms and the basics of how to get started. Today, we talk to an expert. Lauren Kane is the founder and owner of Elm Dirt, a local Kansas City area company specializing in worm castings and products derived from those worm castings. Lauren's company got its start in an unexpected way and, like all things at the beginning of 2020, took a turn she did not expect. From vermicomposting in her home to worm farming in a warehouse, her company and its products have grown leaps and bounds in just two years, and with very good reason. I've gotten to use the products that Elm Dirt sells and have been so fascinated by and impressed with the results that I'm ready to start my own worm bins here at home. I'm confident this conversation will absolutely have you convinced that worm castings and the products made from them should be an essential part of your garden plan going forward. Let's dig in. Hey, I'm Karen. I started gardening years ago in a small corner of my suburban backyard, then moved to a five-acre lot outside city limits and expanded that garden to half an acre. What started as a way to provide for my family turned into a love for digging in the dirt and providing for others. Slowly, my husband and I built our small homestead into a 40-acre market farm through lots of trial and error and successes and failures. Eventually, I went back to school to get my degree in horticulture, and along the way, I discovered there is power in food. So I want to share everything I've learned with as many people as possible. This podcast is all about helping you become a better gardener and a better eater. Whether you're a seasoned gardener or have never grown a thing in your life, I want to give you the knowledge you need to get the biggest and best harvest you can. So settle in, grab that garden journal, and get ready to just grow something. Hi, Lauren. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Good. I'm excited you're here too. So for the listeners, um, tell me a little bit about who you are, what you do, and um, how you got your start with gardening. All right. Uh, Well, I'm Lauren Kane, and I run Elm Dirt. And um, my background is I was originally a chemical engineer that had a child that ate dirt and I was always worried about the um, stuff that she was eating and what she worried if it was fertilizer, if there's pesticides in there and all the things she was sticking in her mouth. And I knew there had to be a better way. And so I got into worm composting. Um, And so that's what I've done most recently with Elm Dirt is that we're a worm farm that's turned into organic fertilizer. Um, And I got originally got my start in gardening um, back when I was a little kid. My dad's an avid gardener. He always love to grow his own vegetables. He's a vegetarian and he has a large plot now that he grows all of his own vegetables that he eats. Um, And so I got my love of gardening from him and and had already been planting gardens um, when I was a small child of like, hey, can I have this little plot of land and grow my own like blueberry bushes or something? And uh, they let me just kind of play around. um, And I'm not the best at gardening, but I always like just had a thrill about growing something and watching what I've been doing, like actually turn into something. And um, then there's also just something about being around plants that just is rejuvenating. Oh yeah, absolutely. I love, I love that you started vermicomposting because your daughter was eating dirt. Like that, 
it's got to be the most unique way that somebody could ever get into like worm farming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't think there's too many people with that story out there. And then um, I don't recommend eating dirt either, but she was would not stop. She was six months old and you could already tell she had this really determined streak about her. And you just like turn your back for a second. She'd be over there just handfuls. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's insane. So did you have a garden at the time that she started eating dirt and you started doing the, the vermicomposting? Um, we just moved into a new house. And so I was just trying to get the plants there to just thrive again um, and really kind of learn about the plants that we moved in with. Um, and since then, we've kind of expanded uh, what we've been growing, but we, we haven't had time with two young children to start a like full vegetable garden. But um I still enjoy like trying to make sure like we have plants flowering throughout the whole growing season and like figuring that that stuff out. Um, plus just trying to keep our grass alive, especially in this heat. <laughs> oh yeah, this heat has been insane. So what um, what did you do with all of the castings that you were getting from the, the little worm farm that you had? Was it specifically like just in a bucket for your daughter to, to play with? <laughs> uh, well, so we originally started it, we had these big old uh, storage bins, we'd keep them in our um, dining room, and um, we had both of the kids just like feeding and taking care of the worms, and so they would take their food scraps from lunch, and they'd take their plate over, and they'd dump it in the bins and feed the worms, um, and then occasionally they'd help me with like sorting the worms out from the dirt too. Uh, now she, now my daughter who loved to eat dirt just loves to like play with worms. So <laughs> she's, she's learning along the way about how dirt is made. So she doesn't have to worry about eating it anymore. <laughs> That's great. That, and I mean, what a learning experience for them from a very, very young age. I mean, you have a little worm farm, you know, right there in the dining room and they're, you know, they're seeing where their food waste is going and seeing what it turns into. That's, that's really cool. That's great. A great learning experience for them. Oh my gosh. They have loved it. And they're now three and five. And so they um, still help out with the worms and still like to play with the worms and still like to talk to people about worms. And uh, I think one of the things that we've also learned is that having worms in our dining room was like a conversation topic. So it wasn't even just like learning for our kids. Like people would come into our dining room and like eat dinner with us and be like, why do you have storage bins in your dining room? <laughs> be like, oh yeah, those are our worms. They're composting the food waste we have. <laughs> and they'd be like, wait, you have worms in your dining room? And then, then turn in this whole like, no, but worms actually do a really good job at turning food waste into um, dirt and then they don't smell. And so you're sitting here eating dinner next to them, but you, you don't really smell anything besides maybe an earthy odor if you open the lid. <laughs> No, I think that's a really good point. I mean, that's, you know, I think people get concerned like, oh, well, I kind of want to do worm composting, but I live in an area where it freezes outside. So I'm going to have to bring that in my house, ew, you know, over the winter time. But if it's being done right, it doesn't smell. There is no, you know, mess that's made. You can literally have it in your dining room while you're eating dinner and your guests won't know what it is. That's, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we, and we educated so many people on that, um, just along the way, there's still a lot of people who are like, no, I never want to touch a worm, but I'm like, this is really cool, <laughs> uh, but for that, that's a, that's a whole other side of things, being squeamish about testing, touching things that are, you know, slimy, okay, I get it, that's yeah, fine, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
what took you from we're doing these this, these worm bins um, for you know our daughter to you know to kind of eat and and the kids to play with to doing something more with it like did you immediately understand the benefits how did you come to this thing of well I'm going to do this worm farm thing for my daughter and then we're going to move from there what was that progression sort of like uh, well it all kind of came at once um, so this she was six months old in January 2020 um, and so at that time the pandemic wasn't a thing yet and I had just ordered my first batch of worms and it was like I want to do this at home, but I think more people need to know about it. And so I had already like planned for us to be selling worms, but I'd planned for us to be doing it at farmer's market here in Kansas city and be in person. And like, I would even had like a sustainability meeting set up with our, um, the city council near me. And, um, we had all these grand plans for in-person events. And then of course the pandemic changed everything and, um, we had to transition to online sales and, um, so that's where it kind of became a bit bigger than even what we were thinking. When you're selling it in person in farmer's markets, you're really kind of doing it more on a smaller level. And then you start selling online and you're talking about all 50 states and needing to know how that works as you're shipping worms across the nation. Um, and that year, especially as people got into gardening, had more time on their hands and were doing more composting in general, there was like we sold out of worms every like every time we got new batches of worms in. So we were fortunate to have a steady supply of worms coming in, but it was still something that was hard to keep up with. Um, and so along the way, we were researching the benefits of what the worms were doing with the worm um, castings and what benefits they were giving to the plants. Um, because I, obviously it's super beneficial for plants and everything, but we knew more people needed access to it, even the ones that couldn't get in touch with worms. And we were selling out of worms in, across the nation. Um, and so that's where our products were born. Um, and so I did a lot of research um, using my background as chemical engineer to develop the products that uh, Elm Dirt sells today. So you had already decided that you were going to be selling worms and sort of worm composting setups. How did you get from chemical engineer to I'm going to be a worm farmer. Yeah, that's a turn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I um, became a chemical engineer and started at an oil company right out of college. I worked there for about five years and my husband and I were both kind of driven to wanting to have our own business and wanting um, a different life than what we knew we could have working those jobs. And so uh, we transitioned to online entrepreneurship and um, started our own online brands and everything. And in the past, we'd sold all sorts of different products that like, I didn't truly feel passionate about. And um, so for a while, there's in and out of working on those because I just didn't feel a passion for it. And then worms and worm composting came about and I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is something that I feel quite strongly about and um, I feel really passionate about. I want to share with more people. And um, and from there, it really kind of just that drives me forward. It's just like I need to share more about worms with more people. <laughs> no, I love that. I am all about like I learned something. Guess what? Now you have to know it, too. I have to tell you, you need to know this. So, yeah, that's how this podcast was born. So <laughs> I totally appreciate that. Talk a little bit about what the benefits of 
vermicomposting as an activity, you know, like the actual taking of those types of food scraps and turning them into the castings and then the benefits of the castings themselves for your garden or your plants? Yeah, so um, worm composting uh, is really quite a cool process. So the worms, um, when you feed them that food waste, they break down just about everything. There's a couple things that worms don't really like, and I can touch on those later, but um, they'll eat just about anything, including like the rinds on watermelon. Um, and some things might take them longer, but they turn all of that food waste and even paper waste into um, this worm casting. That's this high quality dirt. That's just fabulous for gardens because of all the things that worms do for it. Not only are they putting in the nutrients from the food waste and, and completing that cycle on the nutrients, but they are also putting in like their gut microbes and attracting other um, microbes and fungi that want to help break down that food waste. And that combination of different um, like living soil aspects helps like immensely with plants. Like just knowing that they interact with plant roots and all the different things that they can do for the plants, they break down nutrients, bring it to the plants. The plants will tell them what they need and the, the nutrients or the microbes will go out and go find more nutrients for them. Fungi networks also bring more water to the plants. And so they can help in like drought conditions to help find more water for the plants. And so all this living soil that they're making, um, just has so many cool benefits that I could really get sciencey about and nerd out about, but <laughs> uh, I'll keep it kind of high level here. <laughs> That's my kind of conversation. We'll take that offline. Um, so, <laughs> so if somebody is interested in, in trying to do their own worm compost, you mentioned you just had them in storage bins. So take me sort of through the basics of what do they do to get started if they just want to do a small bin at home? Yes. So the biggest thing about um, your bin at home is they can be in even small ones. We have like little shoebox shoe size containers that fit small ones for people who just want to get started, um, but they can be even bigger. Um, like the ones I started with were more um, like 20 um, quarts storage bins, um, but they're even bigger ones than that. Like the urban worm bag is like the size of a trash can. Um, and what worms need to get started is not much. They just need paper waste, um, food waste, and then some sort of grit. And so that grit can be sand, it can be crushed up eggshells, um, just something because they don't have teeth that they can use to help grind up the food waste. Um, and that's it. Like when you start a bin, it, there's no soil involved. And the, it's just like a week later, you come back and there'll be like soil in there. You'd be amazed at what they've done to turn that into um, soil for your garden. Well, so I'm assuming that you've got multiple multiple bins because I guess I'm trying to figure out how I have not done worm composting myself it is something that I've always wanted to try but with the 30,000 other things that go on around this farm it's just not that high on the priority list so I let other people do it for me like you um <laughs> but so I'm, I'm thinking and I'm just picturing in my brain having a bin and then I'm assuming that there's maybe a second bin set inside it so you can at some point be able to pull the worms out of there, sift the worms out? Yeah, there's a couple different setups that, that people do use. The ones I started with was exactly like you described, where I had um, two bins 
um, stacked on top of each other. And then I had a third bin under to catch all the liquid coming off of it. Um, those two bins had holes in the bottom so that when I was done with the, the bin I was working on, I would just put the fresh bin on top and the worms would climb, climb up through the holes to eat the fresh food waste that I was putting on top of it. Um, yeah, that's called a three-tier system. Um, and so that one's pretty simple to use. People have even done it and just like a single five gallon bucket, you just have to like dump it on a tarp afterwards and let the sun or a light shine on it. And the worms will go to the bottom and you scoop the dirt off the top. Um, or like the urban worm bag I mentioned, that's a continuous flow operation. So you feed it, the food waste through the top and then it's got a little area off the bottom where you can take the food waste or take the worm castings off without having to worry about getting worms in there. Um, so there's a bunch of different options out there for how to uh, worm compost. Wow, I guess, I, yeah, that makes a lot more sense rather than the way that I'm thinking of like, oh, well, I gotta sift all this, I gotta shake this back and forth and I gotta sift out all this dirt and then, then move the, no, you let the worms move themselves. I guess that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, and, and the really cool part about worm composting is that there's no unfinished compost. So if you have started this bin and, you're ready to use it, but there's still like a couple like scraps left in there. That's not going to hurt your garden. You can go ahead and like take it, dump it out there and they'll continue to work on breaking it down. Um, the worms even live outside in certain places. So they just don't live in the soil. So they have to have that kind of um, organic waste to um, eat off of. Otherwise they'll, they'll die off without it. So what are the things that you should be putting into your worm bin and what are the things that you should absolutely not put into your worm bin? Uh, so one of the, the, the two most important categories are bedding, which is, I used paper waste when I first started, um, but they can also eat like a coca coir or a peat moss. Um, we've even started using this stuff called pit moss, which is a um, recycled paper waste product that's supposed to replace um, peat moss in the future. Um, Oh, so that, I really like the sound of that. I, I expound all the time about how peat moss is not sustainable. So that just caught my attention. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was really cool uh, thing we found this year. And then um, food waste and the need um, more bedding than you'd ever guess that that paper waste or that um, bedding material, you can never have too much of. But food waste, they eat... Um, they eat about uh, their body weight in um, every couple of days of food. Um, and so you only want to feed so much, otherwise it'll start rotting in there and, and, and it can cause smells uh, if depending on the food. <laughs> um, so keeping in mind how much you're feeding them is important. I hear a lot about people who are too scared to feed certain things to their worms. And really there's only a couple rules when it comes to what you feed them. Um, oil is bad for the worms because they breathe their skin. So if you have too much oil in your bin, it can coat their um, their skin and have cause them to have trouble with breathing. So limit how much oil you're putting in there. Um, and then sharp objects. So like those eggshells, you wanna crush them up um, so they're pretty fine um, so that the worms don't cut their bodies when they're going over um, anything that's sharp in there or keep rocks out of it for sure. <laughs> um, and then citrus can be a problem for worms um, in large quantities. So you're not gonna wanna dump like 10 lemons in your bin, um, but they will still eat it. It just, they'll leave it till the last. They do have taste. <laughs> so there's certain things you find that worms like and don't like, um, but they will eat more than you can even imagine. <laughs> 
Interesting. Interesting. So I'm going to assume then you don't want to put any type of animal products in there. So no dairy, no meat, none of that kinds of stuff. You want just vegetation. They will eat dairy and meat. It's just, they smell. Um, so as they break oh. them, uh, but I have like their farmers that have uh, the worms outside. And so they'll take um, dead animals and they'll throw them in their worm piles and uh, the worms will eat them. Um, as gross as that is, they will still eat them, but they smell for, especially our home worm composters. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Interesting. Huh. So you mentioned that now with Elm Dirt, you moved on from just providing, you know, worm setups to people, um, into finding a way to utilize all those worm castings to get it to people who maybe can't or don't want to um, do their own worm farms. So I'm assuming now that you have, and I'm saying I assume this, I know because I've seen it, much larger worm bins now that I was really surprised by because they looked very simple. Describe for people who obviously have not seen it, describe what your, your larger worm farm looks like now. Yeah, so we kind of kept it pretty simple. We've tried a, a bunch of different things to raise worms at scale, but um, a lot of what we do is in what we call pens on the ground. So we have just little rectangles, um, little, they're eight foot by four foot rectangles on the ground. Um, and then we have also um, bags of worms. They're, um, they're about the same size. They fit about the same amount of material, but they're um, a little deeper than our pens on the floor and they um, help with getting the worms a little bit fatter. And so some of the things that we've been doing is testing, what do worms like? Like, do they like deeper um, environments or do they like shallower environments? And what do they like as far as moisture levels or um, just in terms of food too? So we do a lot of testing on our worms here to see what they like, what they don't like, what encourages them to make more worms, what encourages them to make more worm castings. Um, and so we're always testing something and trying something and setting up experiments. <laughs> so those those bins that are on, or the bins, the little flats that are on the floor, the depth of those I think is only what, the depth of like a two by four? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you're just putting the scraps and stuff into that. I'm assuming at the bottom, it's the it's the bedding material that you talked about. And then you're layering this food scraps on top and the worms just go to town in there. And then, and then are you pulling the worms out or are you pulling the castings out? What gets moved? <laughs> um, so we'll pull everything out. Um, so the way we do it is we'll just take all that. We have a, um, a piece of equipment called a trommel that will rotate and screen out the worms um, from the dirt. And so we'll, when we're done with a pen, we'll just pull everything out and trommel the, the whole thing and separate the worm castings from the worms. And then the worms at this point, we're just feeding back into our breeding system so that, that we make more worms, more dirt as we go. <laughs> So now you have the worms and you have the castings and you can basically sell both, but now you're also doing something else with those castings in addition to some other uh, materials. Talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, so we take those worm castings and um, I developed a formula for making um, a liquid fertilizer off of those worm castings. And so we combine them with other um, different types of natural ingredients. So there's nothing synthetic in our products. Um, and we brew it in a specific way with um, a proprietary blend of microbes. 
um, that really just kind of boosts the power of the worm castings um, into a liquid form. And that makes it more accessible for just like everybody to be able to use what they're spraying on their lawn. It's much easier to do than like going out and having massive piles of dirt. And um, some of what we've learned is that worms are just, everybody's loving the worm castings, everybody's loving the worms, but there's just not enough worm castings or worms to spread around. And, but the liquid makes it much easier for everybody to kind of get access to the benefits that the worms provide um, without having to deal with the worms themselves or massive quantities of dirt. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's a very good point because like I mentioned, I would love to do my own, you know, worm castings and be able to do my own vermicomposting, but I don't have time to add one more component to what I'm doing in our gardens, but by using your plant juice, I can, you know, dilute that down and I can mix it with water and I can use it on all my plants. I can use it on everything and I'm getting those benefits. And I can tell you the interesting thing that I found is that in the areas where I've used the product, um, there inevitably ends up being more worms. You know, it's like, I didn't add any worms. I didn't, I didn't do anything, but there's something about, I'm assuming the hormones or whatever that are in that, in that concoction that came from the worm castings is attracting more worms to those beds. It's fascinating. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool because the more you use something organic and natural, um, like what we have, nothing synthetic, like it attracts more fungi, more microbes. And so you actually need less and less over time because you're restoring kind of that natural soil health. And over time, it'll establish its own ecosystem um, that the plants will be able to thrive in. And so that's kind of, it's counterintuitive because like most fertilizer, you have to use more and more over time. And like that makes great business sense, but it's not good for us as in, in the environment or us as people or my daughter who eats it. <laughs> Um, but a product like ours, you need less and less over time. Um, and it kind of rehabilitates um, the earth and helps bring us back to um, kind of a more natural environment. I love that. Yeah, I'm all about a garden ecosystem and encouraging the microbes and encouraging everything that's in the soil because that not only makes the plants healthier, but it makes what we're harvesting off of it healthier, you know, you, you get those nutrients into the plant, you get those nutrients into the fruit. And that means when you're harvesting it, you're getting all of those nutrients. And so I would rather do it that way than trying to have to continually add some sort of a synthetic material back in over and over and over again, that I know is not providing a complete nutrition. This sounds like it's actually kind of closing that loop. Yes. Yes. That's what we're, we designed it for. Uh, obviously all plants are a little bit different. Um, and so we have two different ones, our plant juice and our bloom juice to incorporate most plants. Um, and we have yet to find a plant that it doesn't work on, but we're always testing and everybody's testing with us to, to see, um, uh, their own experiments because we're new and it's hard to tell people the magic you'll see by using not just worm castings, but our products too, um, because it's truly miraculous. Like this heat, we've been hearing a lot of people um, who have had increased drought tolerance from just using worm castings or um, our liquid products because they, they really do kind of help with finding the water for the plants um, and the worm castings themselves they um, have increased water retention. And so I ran a really cool like visual demonstration once where you had like regular potting soil on one side and worm castings on the other and I poured the same amount of water through it. 
And this potting soil was just draining water continuously throughout the whole process. But the worm castings held like the entire water that I poured in. Um, and that's just the structure of worm castings. That's just how they work. <laughs> I think seeing is believing for pretty much everybody. So the more people that you can show, hey, look, this is actually working, you know, the more they're they're gonna understand that that yeah, but we're slow. We're slow learners, all of us as, as gardeners and as people, we are slow learners. So yeah. I really appreciate you coming and talking about vermicomposting, worm composting, all the benefits of it. If people want to find out more about what you guys are doing over at Elm Dirt, um, more about either how to get a hold of worms or how to get a hold of your products, where can they find you? Um, we have our own website, elmdirt.com. We're also on um, Instagram and Facebook and TikTok at, um, at Elm Dirt. Um, you can message me directly at my email, lauren at elmdirt.com. Um, and I'm always open to asking questions and answering questions for you. Um, there's a lot of great resources out there too for getting started on our Etsy site too. We have instructions for making your own homemade um, worm bin. Um, and you can do it yourself, basically. I'll give you instructions on how to get started, how to raise your own worms, how to make your own bin and do it at home just like I got started. Oh, that's fantastic. I will absolutely leave links to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here today, Lauren. I truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Karen. I loved it. <laughs> if you have listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know this is the stuff I geek out on. I could have talked with Lauren for another hour and would have loved a deep dive into all the minutiae of what worms and worm castings can do for our gardens. Not to mention the benefits of keeping all those kitchen scraps out of the landfill. See, if you don't have a compost pile outside or a compost collection service, this likely means that your food waste is going into the garbage. And this is a huge problem. EPA data from 2021 shows that food waste is the single most common material landfilled in the U.S., comprising 24% of landfilled municipal solid waste. Think about that. 24% of the landfills are food waste. Landfills are not intended to break down organic matter like food scraps. It's an anaerobic environment, which means that as the food scraps struggle to break down without oxygen, they're producing methane gas. Having a home worm bin prevents our food waste from going to that landfill. It also prevents all the resources that went into producing that food from going to waste too. All the production, the transportation, and the food handling, and all the carbon footprint that goes along with that. So creating a usable product from that waste that can then be returned to the soil closes the loop. And it returns resources back to where they came from and sequesters some of those same carbon emissions back into the earth, all without very little work from us at all. But I get it. If you just don't want to mess with worms or like me, you have felt this whole time like you really don't need one more thing to manage. Now, I have changed my mind. But that's where Lauren's products come in. And I will likely continue to use those products even after I've gotten my worm bin set up because there is no way that I can produce what I need on my own. And, well, she's got a warehouse full of worms doing all that dirty work. 
I asked Lauren if she would offer something special for Just Grow Something listeners, and she came through like a champ. So if you go to their website, elmdirt.com, which I will link to in the show notes, and use the code JUSTGROW at checkout, Lauren will throw in a free bottle of plant juice with any purchase. This is the stuff that I've been using in the greenhouse and in the gardens since the spring, and I can absolutely vouch for how healthy my plants have been all year. And if you want the plans that Lauren put together for you to be able to build your own home worm bin to start you on your own vermicompost journey, I will link to their Etsy shop in the show notes as well. I had a great time with this interview. I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Lauren and that maybe you geeked out a little bit right alongside me. So until next time, my gardening friends, keep on cultivating that dream garden and we'll talk again soon. You just finished another episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. For more information about today's topic, head on over to justgrowsomethingpodcast.com for all the episodes, show notes, blog posts, discount codes, and more. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter while you're there. You can also head to Facebook and join a community of other gardeners asking questions and sharing their experiences in the Just Grow Something Gardening Friends Facebook group. And if you want to support this show even further, head to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething to find out how. Until next time, my gardening friends, keep learning, keep growing, and we'll talk again soon. If you get lots of great information from this podcast and would like to support it monetarily, you can do that by becoming a patron for as little as $2 a month over on Patreon. I'd like to thank my patrons for supporting this and every episode of the Just Grow Something podcast. And if you'd like to join them, go to patreon.com slash justgrowsomething. The link is in the show notes.